three. You're listening to Sports Talk Chicago with your host, John Zaglul. John, I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. You got an awesome voice, man, and that was a terrific <laughs> intro. You're like a pro's pro. You know, that was the first time somebody ever said that, John. No, you're the first person to ever say anything like that. That's, that's very interesting. You got it, John. Anything for a fellow Chicago guy? <laughs> well, what a great question. That's a great question. Nobody's actually asked me that. <laughs> I like it. What a great question. I never heard that before. Chase, wait, wait, Chase Utley is what? You're saying he's not a Hall of Fame candidate? You know, it's it's funny. I, I, You may be the only person that I've heard make that connection. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm doing great. By the way, you have an outstanding voice. I'm not sure about your face because I haven't met you, but your voice is great. You're doing a much better job than I ever did. You've had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too, man, so keep up the good work, but it's good to be with you, and I'm ready to talk sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. My name's John Zaglou, great to have you here. Today's edition of the program to the White Sox fire Tony LaRusso. We'll break it all down in just a second. Plus a brand new exclusive interview with Mike North. We talk with him extensively about the score's 30th year anniversary, Cubs, White Sox, and Bears news. It's a great interview, and it comes your way near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zagluel. And to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SportstalkChicago.com. Want to start today with this. How do you feel when you're blamed for something that you shouldn't be blamed for? It was horrible, doesn't it? Taking the fall for somebody else. Being assigned responsibility for something that does not belong to you at all. Or you've dealt with this in your workplace before. Taking the fall for somebody, kissing somebody's butt, being fired on behalf of somebody else's mistake. It's frustrating, to say the least. It's wrong. It's not just. It's not fair. But it happens all the time. Part of life, unfortunately. Something similar is happening right now with the Chicago White Sox. Now, before you get all mad and say, what are you talking about, John? Tony LaBruce sucks. Hear me out. What's a more plausible explanation for the White Sox right now? They sit six games out of first place only. There are 100-plus games to go. And they're not where they want to be, obviously. They should be leading this division. They should be running away with that. But what makes more sense? Is this all on a 77-year-old Hall of Fame manager who's already won many World Series with different teams? Is it all on him, or is it on injuries, players, and circumstances? It'd be way different if all this was happening and Rick Renteria was still the manager. Somebody with no experience, no credentials whatsoever. It'd be even different if Ozzie Guillen was the manager. Joe Maddon was the manager. People I like, but still, they do not have the expertise and credentials that Tony LaRusso has. It would be different. So who's more to blame? Is it really all on Tony? A Hall of Fame manager, three-time World Series winner, 
and a career 530 winning percentage. Over 30, 40, 50 years in the game. Has the game actually passed Tony by? Does he not know what he's doing? Some have said he's just too old. Doesn't connect with players. Doesn't even have the cognitive ability to function. I call that wrong. What makes sense to you? Tell me. Does it really make sense that this Hall of Fame three-time World Series winner somehow forgot how to manage a team? I'm not saying everything he's done is great. That intentional walk on a one-two count with two outs? Stupid. I have never seen such stupidity. But... I'm not going to blame one game, one loss, one bad call and say it represents the whole season and Tony needs to be fired. I'm not going to do that. A lot of Sox fans who are young, impatient, want him gone. And they want Ozzie Guillen back because he's a fan favorite. Or somebody else, maybe Joe Girardi, anybody. doesn't matter. Here's my message to you who fall into that category. I like Ozzie Guillen. I think he is great. But it'd be a pretty big culture shift to bring him back in mid-season when you're trying to win the World Series like this. And remember, Ozzie was fired because he couldn't win anymore and his antics didn't work anymore. Same with Joe Maddock recently, unfortunately. I love both of them. I think they're talented baseball minds, but it didn't work. It's over. Bringing back Ozzie Guillen because he makes good observations during a pre- and post-game show does not constitute to me something that the White Sox should do. And it's not a solution. Contrary to what people think, it's not a solution, and you'll see it. If it happens, you'll realize right away this isn't what the White Sox need. They don't need a failure like Joe Girardi, who just got fired after losing 12 straight. Same with Joe Madden. People are making Tony out to be this horrible manager, and the White Sox are 16 and 30. They're not. They're a few games under, and they're six games out of the division lead. And really, they're right there in the wild card hunt. I'm not saying they should be aiming for a wild card, but the fact is, if you think today there is no chance the White Sox make it to the postseason, or can't cause problems for teams in the postseason, or maybe can't even win the World Series, then obviously you have no conception of time and baseball. Baseball's not a sprint. This isn't the NFL. This isn't 17 games and it's over. 162. That's a lot of games and a lot of time to make up problems you had in the beginning. Tony LaRussa and his teams never start out hot. The Cardinals won in 06, a World Series, winning 83 regular season games. 83. They barely even finished about 500, let alone made the playoffs. And they won. The whole thing over the Tigers. I watched that World Series. I remember. Last year, Sox were 8-13. and 9-13 to start their season. And what do you know? They won the division. Won 93 games. And played Houston somewhat tough. Unfortunately, Sox fans are a bit too impatient. And you have every right to be. I don't blame you because it's been a rebuild that's been in the works for what? 12 years, 13 years at this point. You have every reason to demand better of your team. But don't just blame the manager and not the team itself. Players are not performing. Players are hurt. Key players have been hurt. The fact that the White Sox are even near 500 at this point 
with every injury they've sustained is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Tim Anderson's hitting 360, and he's not playing every day. Michael Kopech just got hurt. Lance Lynn just came back. Dallas Keuchel was a liability. He didn't help anybody. And yet, as we speak today, there's six games out of a division. They're right in the thick of the wildcard hunt. But stop preaching like it's the end of the world when obviously we're not even close to being there yet. It's not over. No. I feel bad because Sox fans, we had the same talk last season about this. You recall. You watched my videos from last June. Go take a look. I said, don't freak out. It'll be fine. And they won the division. They won 93 games. Who's to say they can't turn it around now? Look, the World Series odds obviously taking a hit. The Yankees are red hot. Astros look good. Twins are doing okay right now. There are a lot of teams that the Sox are going to have to leapfrog and jump over. I'm not saying it's going to be easy to win the World Series, but I will say this. If you think today they're not making the postseason, I think you're wrong. If they don't make the postseason, I'll be the first one to say, fire Tony La Russa. But I'm so confident in his ability to lead a team because he's done it for 40, 50 years. But I think he'll be okay. I think the Sox will be okay too. You could chant fire Tony from the rooftops. The fact is, there's no good replacement. No better replacement. And this team is not 16-32. and 32. They're around 500. There's a difference between Fire Nagy and Fire La Russa. Not Nagy did nothing and had no resume. Tony La Russa has a resume. He's great. He's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. He knows how to win. This is not somebody they picked up off the street. This is not his first job. Tony La Russa knows baseball. The game has not outdated him either. It hasn't. I hate that argument. At the end of the day, baseball is still what it is. There might be changes along the way, more analytics, more sabermetrics, which I hate and I despise, but at the end of the day, baseball is baseball. You have to hit, pitch, throw. Run. Catch. There's still four bases. It's still a diamond. You still have to hit bat to ball. But the game did not age out Tony La Russa or leave him behind. It's another stupid argument by people who don't know baseball. I know baseball. I played baseball. Almost played it collegiately. Had an offer. I turned it down. I had an offer. I know baseball. Tony La Russa is not too old or doesn't know what he's doing or isn't mentally competent. Everybody makes mistakes. Cubs won the World Series at times in spite of Joe Madden. I like Joe Madden, but in spite of Joe Madden, sometimes the Cubs won the World Series. He made some baffling decisions. He almost blew the entire thing for them. They still won. I can't imagine how many mistakes Tony LaBruce has made over the 40 years he's been managing in baseball. Let alone that on top of it, his time as a player. I can't imagine how many mistakes he's made. And guess what? He's in the Hall of Fame. He's a three-time World Series champion. And right now, he's managing this team. 
And if you could find me somebody better than a three-time World Series champion, than somebody who's been immortalized in baseball lore, talk to me. You want to call somebody like Jim Leland out of retirement? Great. Amazing. There are very few people you can call right now who have the credentials and the ability to lead like LaRusa. There are very few people, if any, left. And they're all retired. There's nobody in today's game pool who stacks up to LaRusa. I'm sorry. No, there's no one. So before you get on the bandwagon, because it's a bandwagon, a fire Tony LaRusa. Go to the next Sox game and boo him and say he should go. Think about, number one, your alternatives, and think about, number two, where this team is at. You cannot blame the manager for players' deficiencies. You cannot blame the manager for player injuries. Either. It might be easy to blame the manager, but it doesn't always work, and it won't always translate to results. Everybody still plays hard with Borussia. They do. You can tell easily when the team is defeated. Last year, the Bears defeated. We knew it. With Matt Nagy, we knew they were defeated. They sucked. They didn't even want to play. Fields didn't even play at the end of the year. Everybody knew defeated. He's gone. Everybody's playing right now for the White Sox. They're playing hard, and they're winning games. They're still winning, just not all the time yet. This team is not defeated. La Russa hasn't lost the locker room. They're fine. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes it's just frustrating. There's talent on this team. They've done a good job at rebuilding. And yet, everyone's blaming La Russa, despite the fact that there are injuries and bad contracts, too. Dallas Keuchel was one of the worst contracts in recent history for the White Sox. They paid Dallas Keuchel $20 million per year to post a 7 ERA. Give me a break. That's not Tony LaRusso's fault. Stuff like that is not his problem. And this is what I'm talking about. These are the things I'm saying. The White Sox, at times, have spent bad money. They are battling constant injuries. Everybody keeps getting hurt. I don't even understand why. How is that even possible? I, I don't know. You cannot say with a straight face, it's all on Tony. And that's objective. You could take it any way you want. You could say, I'm a Tony LaRusso supporter, or I don't know baseball. At the end of the day, are you really going to sit here with a straight face and tell me, yes, every single thing that's gone wrong is all because LaRusso is in the manager's chair? Everything. Everything. Not only play calling and decision making, but we're going to talk about injuries, bad money spent, all of it falls on one man. If you're going to sit here and tell me that with a straight face, then yeah, you know what? He should be gone. He should be fired. This is why we have to look at the full scope of things and not just one person. Even last year, look at the Bears. The Bears still fired their GM and head coach, and I wanted more, and they didn't even do it. Ted Phillips, George McCaskey, goodbye as well. Didn't happen. It should have happened. The same here. This is not just Tony LaBrusa. What about players? What about guys getting hurt? What about guys just not performing? Dallas Keuchel cost the White Sox right now probably eight games, seven games with his piss-poor starts. 
That's a fact. So if Dallas Keuchel was simply not on this team, I wonder where they'd be now. They'd probably be a little bit over 500. That's my point. And what's Tony supposed to do? Not play him? Not start him? I'm sure he got guidance from the front office saying, you better start Keuchel. Even if he sucks, we paid him $20 million. That's my point. It's not just one person. It's not just La Russa and his managerial decisions. It's everybody. A lot of people have to share the blame on this. And here's the best part. It's not over. We're in June. It's not over yet. Don't think it is. That's the worst part. That's the part that frustrates me. People are approaching baseball like it's football. People are approaching the White Sox like it's the Bears. Way different situation. Way different. Leaps and bounds different. And that's the thing that we have to think about and talk about. So before you head on Twitter tonight and say fire Tony again, like you do every night, consider what I just brought up to you. Consider the points that I made. It's not all La Russa. I'm sorry. I know you want a scapegoat. Everybody wants a scapegoat. Like I said to open up this show, everybody wants to blame somebody, even if it's not their responsibility or their problem. And I'm sure many of you, comment, let me know, many of you probably gotten fired or reprimanded for something somebody else did, but you were the scapegoat. It's happened. It happens all the time. And it's happening here with Tony LaBrusa. I'd rather see the full picture and not just focus on one guy for ratings or hilarity. People focus on Tony LaBrusa for fun. They think it generates views or clicks. Or they think for some reason people care about it. They don't. People want the truth. I'm telling you the truth. has made mistakes, no question. But if you're going to say that every single thing that's gone wrong, everything, falls on him only, and you don't know baseball, and you don't know this White Sox team, that's the truth. You don't know baseball, and you don't know this team. If you think, oh, LaBruce is gone, the White Sox will win again, you're going to be mistaken. And you'll see it if he does get fired in this year or the year to come. Regardless, you'll see that. And you'll realize, oh, crap, I think the Sox made a mistake again. You can cause public pressure. You can protest and say, fire Tony, that's fine, but... The Reinsdorfs, like the McCaskies, are not going to fire him mid-season. So you can cross that off the list right away. Number two, I don't think it makes sense to just axe a Hall of Fame manager after one season. It doesn't make sense to do. You and I both know that. We're talking logically here. I'm not talking emotions. I'm talking logically. Do you really think it's all on Tony? Do you really think it's just because of his existence, his mere existence, this team is not doing what it should be doing? If you do, then again, I wish you the best, and I hope one day you could see the truth, because that isn't the truth. That's the narrative being painted by both local and national media. Nobody likes Tony La because they didn't want him. I like the move, because you're hiring experience, you're hiring somebody with a track record and knowledge. 
You don't want that, that's fine. I'm not going to force you to prepare somebody, but... It made sense to do the hiring. It made sense to bring him in. And right now, the season isn't over. Let's see where they are come September. Then we could talk about whether or not he deserves to be fired, but even more importantly, we could talk about whether or not it's all on him that the White Sox are not performing where they should be right now. More to come here on Sports Talk Chicago. My interview with Mike North comes up next, so stay tuned. Chicago. Here for John Zaglula, we are back and ready for today's special guest. He's a sports radio pioneer, host of The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, and a contributor to the Ballroom Network. Please welcome Mike North to the program. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, John. How's everything with you, my friend? Everything's great. Thanks for being here. It's been a while. There's been a lot going on, especially with the Bears, White Sox, Cubs. We're going to talk about everything today. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I got, uh, you know, a lot in the memory bank, if you will, from what's <laughs> happened over at least the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, you know, it's an interesting time. It's usually a slow time of year, but it's not that way anymore because you got a lot of different things going on, like the NBA championship. You got baseball going on. You got the golf, the new golf league happening. So it's a little bit more busy for this June than it's been in a lot of Junes, because that's usually for sports radio, at least back in the day, uh, waiting for the Bears, especially if the Sox or the Cubs weren't doing good. It would be like uh, the beginning of a, a, a low period, if you will. Let's start with the Bears. They recently drafted. What do you make of their selections? Not much. You know, I just look at it. I say, I hope they make it. I hope they do well. Uh, I think all the focus, I think the thing that they're doing wrong is not giving uh, fields any competition. I think that's a dangerous thing, especially if the kid gets hurt, then is the other guy going to be ready? Uh, or, or is anybody going to be ready? Um, I see where Mitch Trubisky, for instance, has picket and they're, he's going to, they're going to hang together and they're going to work out together. So Mitch Trubisky, first of all, is a great teammate for that, a good mentor. And he could end up losing his job by helping this kid get ready. But that's just a different dynamic. You got a guy competing against a pretty good quarterback in Mitch where Justin Fields, who had, I think we could all agree, a below average year for what was expected uh, with no competition. So I'm concerned about that. Do you think the Bears are committed to Fields right now? Oh, I mean, they're, they're throwing all in and it wasn't even their pick. Uh, but what choice do they have? I mean, that's the choice that uh, they weren't going to get Trubisky back, even if he, you know they wanted him back. He wasn't going to do it. Uh, the other quarterbacks seem to be set. I mean, it's still an Aaron Rodgers division, but I think uh, you know they're going to give him, they're going to give him an opportunity, and that's you know I still don't like not having to compete. Uh, but that being said, you know I keep reading whenever they do practice, the defense has a good day. Well, somebody's quarterbacking. <laughs> So I'm hoping things turn around and get better. Maybe it's Trevor Simeon, Mike. Maybe it's not Justin Fields. We don't know. Well, you know what? It, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that they got experience. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I think Justin Fields knows it's his job, even though I don't think he deserves to have it handed to him. How patient are you willing to be with Fields? Like, when do you decide, okay, he's a bust versus he may have a chance to be something great? Well, I have never, I'll never put him in the great category with Montana, Brady. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, any of those. 
uh, serviceable. I got him in. I think eight games. I'll know. Uh, I mean, because if you know the, the narrative now, John, is that they're going to start um, talking about what's around them. When I believe me, nobody's more of a Mitch Trubisky expert than me. Heard for four years it was Mitch Trubisky. So now all of a sudden, it's everything around him. And uh, I thought Mitch did a lot with what was around him. For instance, Mitch's first year, uh, I believe Taylor Gabriel was a wide receiver. Allen Robinson, who was his first year guy, hadn't overcome the injury, had 53 catches. Uh, they got rid of Jordan Howard and just put this rookie Montgomery in. So I don't want to hear about a lot of support uh, around anybody. I mean, if you're going to be what they drafted you up to be, then hopefully he could have a Trubisky-type uh, second year like, like Mitch had. And that was a great year, 95% uh, uh, rating, uh, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, a high, high completion percentage. I think if he has something close to that, which I think is going to be tough uh, for him, then then you can be satisfied with that second year. You think this Bears roster in general, though, is set up for success, not even just the offense, but in general? No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be tough for them. I know that the over-under is six and a half. So, uh, you know, they could go seven and nine uh, or no, excuse me, seven and ten. And, uh, you know, I guess some Bear fans will be happy with that. I, I thought we were headed in the right direction with the other guy. And, you know, I heard from Bear fans and I understand they didn't they 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 were tired of Mitch or they didn't like Mitch for whatever reason. Uh, but the, the one thing I knew was he had the potential to be a starter in the league. And if he starts for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's a slap in the Bears face. I mean, to me, I mean, because. You know what? Pittsburgh's pretty savvy when it comes to things like this. And they were pretty savvy taking Pickett because I don't think there was a clear number 20. And they said, you know what? Let's take the kid from Pitt. Because I heard if they didn't take him, he might not have gone to the mid-40s. So wow. that's a big low. You know what I mean? A big drop back. But they took him. Take a gamble. See what happens. It's happened many times before. If Mitch Trubinsky starts, what's your expectation for him? Well, I already took the over seven and a half wins. So my expectations are hopefully eight or more. Uh, everybody's going, well, look, Tomlin, Tomlinson's always had the, uh, Tomlin's always had the old, uh, the, the, the better than 500 record. So I'm expecting Mitch to do that. I thought, you know, if he did it with the bears, why can't you do it with the Pittsburgh Steelers for God's sake? And, but I think there'll be a lot of people that bet the under because of the, um, I don't want to say, yeah, the propaganda about him over the years. I think that a lot of people around the nation who have been listening to whoever they listen to, who has the negative look of, of, of a guy uh, like Mitch Trubisky, a lot of people will take the under. And I'm, I'm confident thinking that they'll be over 500. So we'll see what happens. What do you consider success for Mitch? Are you looking mainly at record or also statistics too when it comes to his time with the Steelers? Record. I'm looking for record like I did with the Bears, 29-21 record. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, and, 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 I, and if you want to say, you know, the defense was great or this was good or that was good, well, I would ask you to add up Fields, Foles, and Dalton, their record uh, <laughs> with the same team. It's under 500. So uh, they could say whatever they want. Mitch Trubisky had a big, big uh, uh, influence on them making 
the playoffs the last time they made them and almost win it all uh, in 2018. Is that the same criteria you're going to use for Justin Fields this year, mainly records? Oh, I don't care if Justin Fields goes one for 10. If we win the football game and he's the quarterback, I'm, I'm in. I'm in with them. I think it's about winning with me. And and somewhere along the line, we're forgetting about all that in sports. And, you know, I think Twitter's woken me up about the fact that um, people look at stats. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm confident in my ability to judge uh, talent. Um, I mean, I, I was the only one, basically. There was a couple stragglers that knew Cutler would never amount to much, but he had stats. He had stats. Well, Mitch had stats and a winning record, and that wasn't good enough. So uh, we, the Bears have put themselves in this situation. Really, Nagy uh, was a guy that basically had a decent quarterback, but he wasn't his type of quarterback, so he sabotaged his NFL coaching career. And you believe he got another job? Well, I see you hired him. I mean, he's basically getting coffee for Mahomes. I mean, that's it. I mean, he's a disgrace. John, he's a disgrace as a, as a head football coach. He was a disgrace. 2019, he doesn't meet Mitch. And Mitch just wants to improve. And he doesn't meet him. You should never be a head coach of another. You shouldn't even be coaching. But Andy Reid's a buddy. So, uh, I mean, the nonsense that that was, is, to me, that he was like, a, I want you to fail so I can get my guy in. And then he gets his guy in and the guy falls on his face. I mean, so any guy they picked, I mean, Foles, Dalton, uh, Fields, I mean, you name it, it didn't work. So uh, we'll see what happens this year. I, I think that Bear fans will have their eye on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think uh, it will be a fun year. I think it's going to be a fun year to, to watch both guys. Who's the better quarterback for Trubisky or Fields right now? It's not even close. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I mean, Trubisky's got a resume. I mean, Fields doesn't have a resume. I mean, uh, and I'm not taking nothing against him. It's only his first year. But don't forget, Mitch played under Fox's first year. So, you know, I mean, that happens. You paid both guys played under guys that were not conducive to their career. But uh, they were both traded up for because they could win. And Mitch did that. And it wasn't good enough. So we'll see what happens. But if Fields wins, man, I'm in his corner. I don't care if he goes uh, 10 for 10 or 1 for 10. If they win. The Bears, I'm a Bear fan. I want to see them win. I don't like bad running ships, and that's what they are. What do you think about the Bears overall when you look at this entire team besides quarterback? Are they set up for anything significant this year? Now, you know what surprised me? Because it doesn't look good. <laughs> surprised me. I mean, I want to be the guy that gets the report card and goes, geez, I thought I was going to get all left. I got all beat. <laughs> It's better than getting all left. Surprise me, guys. Step up a little bit. Win seven, eight games. I mean, if you win seven, eight games, I'll be happy with Justin Fields. I'll be happy with him. So um, we'll see what happens. I'm not a hater. I like the people who are haters with Mitch. There's, there's no other way to put it. He was called a bust. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have guys starting if they're bust. And I think Mitch is going to start for him. Mike North here on Sports Talk Chicago. Mike, let's ship to baseball. Are the White Sox doomed right now? Not. Nah, I mean, they're six out. They are. Look, look, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I love the passion of the White Sox fans. I love the passion. 
the younger White Sox fans that have podcasts. And when I say younger, I'll go 35 and under. Are impatient, want to scapegoat somebody like the Bears with Mitch until that we saw what happened last year without him. And they want to blame somebody. And I would just ask everybody this, and I love all the White Sox podcasts, even on Bears Bar Room, we got some great guys. If your only angle is to lose the manager, but you have guys that should have never been on the roster signed like Grandel, like Dallas Keuchel, who was a top 20 paid pitcher. Grandel was unnecessary at the time. We had an all-star catcher in McCann who hit 245 last year. He's hurt this year, but maybe doesn't get hurt with the White Sox. We were adequately defensively with him. Grandel can't catch a cold. Um, Eloy. Um, if you start looking, Mancata hurt. Tim Anderson having uh, injury issues and other things. Um, I can't believe where we're at. It, thank God we're not in the toughest division because we'd be extinct. But I would ask everybody this. Why are the Sox still favored to win the division? I wonder if anybody in Chicago that listens to our uh, to the stations, any station, even knows. John, did you know the White Sox are still favored to win the Central? I didn't know they were favorited. No. Yeah. Minus wow. 120 right now. Wow. Minnesota on plus 110. Then you got the Guardians. Now, I would ask everybody this. Why do you think they're favored? Because they still have the best roster. They got Lance Lynn back last night. He looked terrific. If they don't do the shift, you know, they don't even get those first three runs on him. That's why he got in the argument, I think, with McEwing. LaRouche has kept the ship where you're sick. You're really a week away from taking the division. Six games back. Why are they still favored? Because they're all going to be coming back. They're all going to be healthy. You have a White Sox team that has not been healthy. You have a White Sox team that has not played good baseball or the guys that have been put in. The roster is flawed. It's a plotting team. Okay, when baseball's now changing to speed, bunting, um, going the opposite way, um, it's a team that I feel comfortable with. If you have Lynn, Giolito, Cueto as your fourth or fifth starter, Cease, I'm comfortable. Get a couple bats back, get a couple bats hot. We have the right manager. Don't forget. Tony LaRusso was panned last year and he under pressure took the team to the playoffs. Cause if they don't make the playoffs, it's considered a complete bust. <laughs> so now they show weakness when they have 103 games left with six back <laughs> and everybody wants them fired. Okay. Uh, but who are you going to hire? I don't think Ozzy's going to manage them. AJ Hinch was 75% of the White Sox fans choice. When I found out that the over-under for Detroit was 78 and a half wins, I took the under. And he's not going to disappoint me. He, anybody could have managed that Astros team. He, fix, he fixed games and lost control of his clubhouse where they did what they wanted. And Sox fans wanted that. No character guy. That's what he is. No character. Over, over Tony La Russa. And, and Ozzie, 
if Tony was to get fired, which he isn't, I would settle for Ozzy. Okay. But who else would you take? Joe Girardi? How's that working out for everybody? Philadelphia looked absolutely atrocious under him. Then they get this new guy, Thompson, who nobody knows. And he says, well, we're going to make sure we're prepared. Uh, just a direct slap to Joe Girardi and his legend. Okay. No matter what Joe's done, and I like Joe, we're going to make sure we're prepared and what's expected. And then you got Joe Madden, who I actually heard or saw on Twitter, White Sox fans saying they take him now over Tony La Russa. Here's the guy. The guy's answer to a losing streak was to get a mohawk. Okay. Was to get a haircut. Not to tinker with the lineup. Not to try to figure out a hit and run. But the problem was he got fired before he was allowed to show the Mohawk to the team. But that was who you hired. Joe Madden, by the way, won a, a World Series with the Cubs. He'll never be forgotten for that. But he's so less valued for a guy that I always thought would be on top of the world. Okay? Because the gimmicks ran out. The gimmicks ran out. Tony La Russa has made some mistakes. The one-two count to me was absolutely an atrocious move. You throw the ball two or three notches outside. Sinkers. Make Trey Turner hit his way on or try, or try to strike him out. Or if you're going to walk him, semi-intentionally walk him. Don't give him the base. And don't be stubborn about it, Tony. You're not You've won 53% of your games, okay? Which means you lost a lot too, okay? So you can't be stubborn. But that being said, he's the best guy for the job right now. They're playing hard. They're playing hard the whole game. So, I mean, they came back the other day with Texas, but they didn't win. But they're playing hard the whole game. So let's see what happens. That's a great point too. You know, everybody wants somebody different, but the question is, <laughs> is out there who else is better than a hall of fame manager you have in tony la Russa, who has I, more accomplishments than anybody you can imagine joe madden's gone joe girardi's gone they went through terrible losing streaks the only thing that could get tony la Russa gone is if they lose 10 15 games in a row the fact we're winning when we don't have our starting catcher our starting left fielder okay our starting shortstop our a second baseman who at least could hit. I mean, they haven't filled that hole since the guy they got from Cleveland last year. So now they got Larry Garcia. You're, you're actually still in the hunt. And I think once they get some of these guys back, the schedule in the second half, take a look at it, folks. It's, it's, it's doable. We can make up those games that we're behind right now. How safe do you think LaBruza is? What does he have to do to make sure he keeps his job for this year and even into next year, too? Well, they got to win. They got to get in the playoffs. I, I, I think he's up for the, I, if they don't make it, everybody will blame Larusa. But I would ask everybody to look at the stats at the end of the year. Look at the runners in scoring position. Look what I mean. They can't get a hit, you know, or they they have trouble like that. And here's another thing. I mean, my God, I'm watching the Cubs. They're the ones escaping. They're the ones escaping because. Everybody's invested in a team that at least has a shot. And, you know, there's people that, that 
will still swear by certain players. I, I didn't want Grandel to begin with because I just didn't think he was a good catcher. And when he got picked up, I mean, this is one of the, he was uh, in the playoffs and got benched during the playoffs because of his lack of, of catching ability and other things. Uh, but, but the fact that Grandel is hurt again, I mean, they're going to have to lean on Reese McGuire. And, 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 and you know what I like? I, I, if you got your hitters, if they can hit, and I love Vaughn, Berger gets hurt. You know, I think he'll be all right. The Copic injury was a mystery, you know? I mean, he's got fluid on the knee. Did it happen after the one pitch? Did he have it before? Nobody knew. So there's things they got to straighten out. But what I liked last night was Lance Lynn and McEwing going after it. And if you look at that tape, LaRusso's walking in at the end to intercept. And uh, I like the fire. I like that Lance Lynn's back. He impressed me last night. Is he going to be the ace for the team moving forward? I think so. Yeah. I think, I think he's got the mentality. I think I, 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 I Giolito and these other guys are going to feed off them. Um, they got to hold leads. You can't blame Tony LaRusso when you have a five nothing lead or your C, so you have a four-nothing lead in your Giolito, and you're going to blame the manager. You're supposed to win those ball games. So um, let's just say this. Right now, the organization is to blame from ownership to the overrated Kenny Williams to Rick Hahn, who shouldn't be rated until he does something, and the players, and the players. It's an, and Tony La Russa. It's an organizational thing right now. And here's the they're still favored. They're still favored to win, John. Right, exactly. And the interesting part is this. You know, this is the most money Jerry Reinsdorf has ever spent in a season on his payroll, and yet they're in this position. What do you make of that? I think the problem with spending money is if you spend it on the wrong things. Mm. I thought Grandel, $70 million was a waste. I thought Keiko, making him a top 20 paid pitcher, was a chance. Somebody says to me, well, you know, they got rid of Randy Merkin, my good friend on ESPN 1000. I, I brought up, would I trade Moncada back for sale? And I said, I would. And Randy said, I think you've seen the best of Chris Sale, Mike. And, they, and Randy could be right. Okay. But. We saw the best of Dallas Keuchel when he wasn't even with the Sox, and we made him a top 20 paid pitcher in baseball. So, you know what? I would take the chance because I don't think Moncada is going to be. And once again, folks, I said it at the beginning because I never thought he was their number one prospect. They hid Devers. They, they hid Benatendi. They yep. hid these guys. Okay? They didn't. Moncada was good, but I never thought. He was their number one prospect. Their number, their prospects are still on Boston. Their prospects are still on Boston. Devers, Bogarts, those guys. Okay. Taking nothing against Mancada, but I would take a chance and trade for Chris Sale right now and give him back Mancada. I don't think Boston would take it. It's such a good point because Moncada actually debuted with the Red Sox, poured came to the White Sox, hit around 220. They demoted him, then they traded him with the Chris Sale trade and said, here you go. Right. Devers is a superstar. Bogarts is a superstar. Moncada was never in that same class. So that's a great no, point. No, And they tried to – well, thank you, John. They tried, <laughs> but they told the White Sox that. 
and they fell for it. And I said, are you people crazy? Are you people nuts? I mean, Moncada, who here, what's with these guys? They get, they have sore legs. Their legs are sore. I mean, the training issues with the White Sox have been legendary. They had some issues with the Bulls back in the day. So maybe there's something they got to change up. I would get rid of, my deal is go out there, shag fly balls, run around, do baseball exercises. Quit the stretching all the time. Quit laying on your back and lifting your legs up with a rubber band. Just go play baseball, okay? Because the disabled list is filled uh, with guys that come from teams with 10, 12 trainers on the staff, for God's sake. It's ridiculous. Back in the day, I'm sure you could attest to this. Pitchers were throwing 300 innings per year, and all they did was run. There was none of this stuff that they're doing today, and more guys are hurt. You know, I, I know they're afraid to get Lance Lynn hurt. But I, I said, come on, go one more inning. You know, they pull them out. They pulled them out after five. And I'm sure, but you know what? I'm sure they would have said, I'm, I'm sure they said, you know what? Here's the pitch count we have you on. And we don't want you to get hurt. And he's important. There's no doubt. Stone even said it last night. But I, I would say Lance Lynn might have said, I could still go one more inning. So he's that type of pitcher. So he's the guy I think I like leading the, the field going into the second half. To come with Mike North in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is Sports Talk Chicago. Mike North still here on Sports Talk Chicago. Mike, a few more questions before we finish up. First off, the score 30th anniversary party coming up. What's your take? You plan on going? Where's it at? I haven't even seen it yet. What's going on? <laughs> I swear to God, is it on? You have to send an email, oh, an email to the store to then go to the party. So do you plan on going? Where's it at? Where's I don't the know. party? I don't know yet. I don't know when it is. I don't know when it is, where it is. I don't know. You know, I'm, you know, I don't know if I'll go or not, but I mean, I'll find out about it. I'm sure. You know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, it, it <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I've had a charmed uh, existence and uh, I've been very lucky and we had a great, great group with us and uh at the beginning and uh whatever they're doing now you know i don't pay that much attention to but uh i do know this because of the 92 guys there's 2022 guys and girls and and what have you uh working at the score because of the people in 92 uh the the sales staff the uh the on-air guys the producers the the ownership danny lee and seth mason there's a 30 years because of 92. That's indisputable. Um, but some people seem to forget that sometimes. How special was that group on the air? Huh. If, if a station came tomorrow, I don't know how healthy Terry is. If a station came around tomorrow, another sports station said, we want to hire the originals of McNeil, Boers, North, Jiggets, Tom Share. At our current ages, we'd win. You think we'd so? Yeah, I we'd win. No, there's no doubt about it. I think we'd win, but but that won't happen. So you know what? I could think it. You know what I mean? But I think we'd do pretty well. I don't know how long we'd last on the air, though. <laughs> we might last a week because, right away, right? Well, you know what? I mean, it's you know what? In fairness to everybody, it's it, it's it because of social media, because of the times, because of the cancel culture, 
um, because, you know, there's been people canceled in radio, TV, uh, newspapers since the 40s, 50s, 30s. And cancellations on people have been going on forever. Um, but if you hold fast, if you have enough wherewithal, there's ways uh, that you could you can do it. But it would be tough today for that lineup with the go get them attitude and go screw yourselves <laughs> to the new. I mean, we took on the newspapers. We took on everybody. Uh, and, you know, we were portrayed in, in negative ways that weren't true at times uh, because we beat up on the teams and the ownership and they weren't used to it. So, um, you know, but like I said, things have changed, man. I mean, a lot, and I had a different circumstance. I had no kids and all this other stuff. So you got to take that all into consideration. I'm happy they're all working. I'm happy everybody's working. Okay. But just remember 92. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about, you want to talk about 92, 92, those guys there. Boris and McNeil and Danny Jiggets and Jesse Rogers, Judd Surratt, all successes. We had guys like Hube, Fred Hubner, Jay, Jay Hood, still rolling. I'm still on. So we're very fortunate. And I thank Danny Lee every day that he made my life. He's the guy that did it. Would you ever consider returning to daily talk radio? We talked about this last time, but are you still open to it now? Any type, look at but. My number's in the book. No, it's not in the book. I don't even know if there's a book anymore. If somebody calls me and they say, we want you to come on every day, okay, then they want to win. But the money's got to be right. Things got to be right. I got to be able to do my thing. Got to have a guy that's going to back you. You know, I'm happy at ESPN right now. Got a great group. Got Carmen DeFalco, who's just my guy. I mean, class act. Smart, uh, Randy Merkin, Danny Zetterman, Cap, all those guys, Waddle. It's a good station. But you know what? You'd like to see the dogs unleashed a little bit more around the, around the nation. You know? I mean, everybody, I mean, Stephen A. Smith, God bless him. He's making a good buck and everything else. Um, he, he gets a little bit more leash, but then you get Mad Dog on. You're starting to get some radio guys on with them now. And when I hear Mad Dog with them, Stephen can't stay with them. See, the thing I would tell Stephen is we want, let's have an argument about any sport you want, anytime. No, no script, though, to start with. See? Then we see who's the boss. Then we see, you know what I mean? Then we see who's the boss. And I see that, that you know, J.J. Reddick is causing some, some, some good damage now. He, he gets a little bit thin-skinned. That's something that you got to learn to get that alligator skin about but he argues his case so there's something going well but i think it should be a little bit tougher right now hopefully things will change i'd love to see you debate stephen a smith i would paint well, i would too well i don't know you know what i don't know if stephen's ever been knocked out and looked up at the lights <laughs> but you know what i'm happy doing what i'm doing i got a great life i got a great great things going so i just i just uh chill i chill I walked the dog today. I thought it, it was like uh, Louisiana hot. I was stationed in Louisiana in July. It was Louisiana hot. Uh, so, so you know what? I got into the air conditioning, got ready for the show, and that's it. I'll chill, watch some TV later on. That's it. Have a little lunch. You know, get ready to do the odds couple every Friday and Saturday. And then the bar room, I'll be on next Tuesday. 
with Aldo Gandia at nine o'clock. So, you know, I keep busy. You got to keep busy, John. How are you doing? How's things going over there? Things are going I heard you got promoted as uh, sports director and all that stuff. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> it's things are going it's great. no fun at the kid. It's no fun at the top. They'll come at you. <laughs> you got to like, fight them off. Before we finish up to that last question, what's yeah. your top score moment? Is it the Ozzy Gian Brandt, the McCaskey Rand? What, what's the number one thing for you? July 2nd, 1992. I couldn't believe I, I opened up the Sun-Times. That was our first day. And I see my name in the paper. You know, I, in my hometown. On the paper I delivered. I'm working with a former bear and we got a sport. I get to talk sports, which I've been doing on street corners since I was 10. And my mom used to tell me I'd bring the report card home. And my dad and mom would say, you're not going to amount to anything. And I'd be reading the box scores on a Monday morning, Tuesday morning, went before school. She goes, too bad. You'll never make it a living, you know, being able to do that. And then it ended up that I did make in the uh, living being able to do that. So you never know what's going to happen. That January 2nd is my biggest. That was the opening of the score. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure. Really appreciate the time and looking forward to the next time we chat too. I can't wait. Anytime you want, give me a call. Wait, the phone rings. I, I pick, I got a flip phone, folks. See, <laughs> hello. Oh, it's not John. It's one of those solicitation calls. You know what I mean? You know, you know, I answer those calls. Hello. And then they play the tape and then you hang <laughs> That's it. Johnny, it's good to talk to you, handsome. Good to talk to you too, Mike. Thanks for thanks for remembering a shut-in. <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk, we didn't talk about the Cubs too much. We'll get them next time. We will. Yeah. See you, buddy. I talked there with Mike North, and that'll do it for us today here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Mike North himself, Matt Tubio, WCKG, Jim DeTalbot, to Marlboro Entertainment. Making this show a success, remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John's Gluel. You can watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, sportstalkchicago.com. Another great show comes with tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, stay safe. So long, everyone. No! No! Where are the turtles?